Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my pained girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Much been a good week here. It's November 1st, 1997. Hope you all had a great Halloween. Yep, getting over that candy stomach ache, y'all. Right. But you've got a different kind of ache, Carol. I do. I hurt my back. Oh, no. I don't know why. I don't know how, but I hurt my back. Poor Carol. Actually, you hurt I... your back carrying the show, Carol. <laughs> Actually, I do know how I hurt my back initially. I don't know why it got so much worse. Oh, okay. But it was just from cleaning a dish. <laughs> <laughs> Want to feel old? <laughs> clean a dish i was scrubbing so hard i messed up my back oh my god <laughs> carol lifts weights all the time oh yeah as right. you can tell <laughs> i keep telling you you need to go to the gym with me she, she she does her cardio but she doesn't do her weight lifting yeah i don't like the gym but i'm just telling you that if you lifted weights you wouldn't have these aches and pains from washing a dish no i'd have aches and pains from lifting weights it's not you get used to it. <laughs> Whatever. You don't want to have doms? No. You know what that is? No. Delayed onset <laughs> muscle soreness. Sounds awful. I could talk about working out all day. We can talk about cows until they come home, but right now I've got some I've got some news. Do you? Yeah. Do you tell? The new Pentium 2 is the chip of the future, Carol. Is that like a cool ranch? Or is it a... Uh, <laughs> is that a nacho cheese? <laughs> well, it's not that kind of chip. I want nacho cheese now. Bill Husted. He's a, a techno buddy. A what now? What in the fuck? <laughs> his, Come again? Bill Husted. His name is... His, his title... For the newspaper is Techno Buddy. He's a reporter, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Look at his face. There's his <laughs> byline. He looks like a Techno Buddy. He does. He, he looks has a very friendly face. He looks very happy. <laughs> I come from a family of rationalizers. My dad could rationalize almost any crazy purchase. I once heard him explain in a very convincing manner, considering he was lying through his teeth, that he had actually made money when trading in our old car for a new one. That was him that was him lying to his wife. Oh wow. I'm sure. Today you get the benefit of all those genes that were passed down to me from dad. I'm going to give you a watertight alibi for purchasing a top of the line computer. Well, you probably like it's part of your job. Probably tax deductible. <laughs> uh, so clip this column and stick it in your favorite hiding place. That way, when it comes time to buy a new computer, you can use it as proof that you're actually saving money by spending more of it. <laughs> Worst case, if your spouse doesn't buy your story, you can blame it all on me. Okay. All right, techno buddy. Here's the deal. The end is near for the ordinary Pentium chip. Even the fancy ones that use MMX technology. This is this is going to get way over our heads. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about anymore. Even the fancy ones that use MMX technology to get faster graphics. 
the successor to this chip, the Pentium 2, will be the standard for all PCs within the next 12 months, I think. (laughs) Yeah, until they come out with the Pentium 3. What do you think? What do you think about processing power, Carol? As long as the computer can play, like, my games and run my chats, then (laughs) I'm Play my games and run my chats, Pentiums. Like, I don't use the computer for that much, Uh you know? Not really. I know that the Pentium processors are supposed to be, like, the the, the good ones, but I don't know much. I mean, uh, the 486 or whatever that I've got is good enough for me. Uh, all right. What in the fuck was that? That's the sound of us going on the internet. Uh, Charm School adapts chivalry to fit the 90s, Carol. Oh, my. At one of the last all-girl schools in Dallas years ago, the instructor in a charm course was urging her students to give their escorts every chance to be gallant. Remain seated in the car until he has time to step around and open the door for you, she said. Then she added, but if he is in the restaurant ordering the food, don't wait any longer. (laughs) What the fuck? That's ridiculous. These are all just quick stories that are meant to be like light. Mm -hmm. So that was that's the entire story, right? Uh, How about this one? Three vampires went into a bar and sat down. The barmaid came over to take their orders and said, would you er gentle? What would you er gentlemen like tonight? The first vampire said, "I'll have a mug of blood." Yeah. The second vampire said, "I'll have a mug of blood." The third vampire shook his head at his companions and said, "I'll have a glass of plasma." <laughs> the barmaid wrote down each order, went to the bar, and called the bartender, two bloods and a blood light." <laughs> Uh, let's see. A young American visits a... These are all Halloween-themed. A young American visits a creepy old castle. At the end of the tour, the guide asks her how she enjoyed it. She admits to being a bit worried about seeing a ghost. Don't worry, says the guide. I've never seen a ghost all the time I've been here. How long is that, asked the girl. About 300 years. (laughs) Oh, my. What do you think of that? Spooky. Yeah, it's crazy as hell, right? Now, you are you familiar with the director Paul Verhoeven? No, should I be? He directed RoboCop. Um, well, unfortunately, yes then. What the fuck? What are you talking about unfortunately? Oh, you know what? I wasn't thinking of RoboCop. I was thinking of that stupid movie we watched recently. Um, oh, with Bruce Willis. Oh, Mercury, or uh, uh, what the fuck was it? Ah, uh, The Fifth Element. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah, the movie sucked. Uh, director Paul Verhoeven got a little bit of attitude from one of the extras who worked on his coming sci-fi spectacular Starship Troopers. I, hmm. think, I think we'll probably see that. Starship Troopers? Really? That sounds like a dumb kid's movie. I, I, Paul Verhoeven is a brilliant director. I like him a lot, so... Right. I'll probably see it. I'll give it a shot if you want me to. It came during, that's how I got our first date. It came, <laughs> during, it came during rehearsals for a shower scene in which 15 actors, male and female, are seen stark naked. Star, Stormship Troopers has this? Stormship Troopers. 
What? That's the new Star Wars movie, Storm Ship Troopers, where they're all naked. Yep. Uh, I want to see it now. I didn't want to see it, but now I do. Now that there's 15 male and female naked actors taking yeah. showers. There was some resistance, and finally one actress challenged the director. Wow, you get naked. Could you imagine being an extra and fucking saying that? <laughs> Upon which Verhoeven promptly dropped Trow. I'm sure. And under Trow as well. So he just got naked. After much merriment and applause, the scene proceeded as the director wanted it. Wow. Crazy. So what do you think? Paul Verhoeven, willing to put his money where his mouth is, takes his clothes off. I mean, good for him. I don't know what he looks like, so I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it sounds like it was a good thing if there was much merriment after he got naked. (laughs) Tales are told of old when (laughs) Paul Verhoeven unleashes his penis. It must be like, um, oh, what the fuck, Marky Wahlberg or whatever. Marky Wahlberg? Oh Marky Mark. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Boogie Nights. Yes. Yeah, we saw it recently. His penis, that is. That was Not a, in the movie, in real life. That was a scary looking penis. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, I can't even imagine that coming after you. <laughs> like, it's fucking... So, sex would be like a horror movie. (laughs) Stalking your vagina. (laughs) Uh, It's it's the worst when your vagina trips while it's trying to get away. I know this lady who... (laughs) Vagina trips? (laughs) Where is this story going? No, I mean, just talking about, you know, penises being a horror story. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. She said that um, she actually, like, bled after having sex with a dude. Sure. And she'd had kids. Oh, my God. I mean, that's pretty scary. So that was was after she had sex with Ferdinand the Bull? Apparently. They do say that... I don't know where to go. There's no transition from that one. (laughs) They do say that Pierce Brosnan, a.k.a. Bond, James Bond... Very funny joke. Is finally ready to commit matrimony with who's they? They do say. Who are you talking about? Right. Are you talking about Pierce Brosnan? Is ready to commit matrimony with Keely Shay Smith, the mother of his youngest child. Commit matrimony? That sounds like they're committing a crime. That's weird. <laughs> I don't like it. They've already had a child out of wedlock. Why not just say get married? What the fuck? I don't know. Talk commit. to Liz Smith. Commit matrimony. There were rumors that the pair had split because Keeley was pushing for marriage, but they're together again. Okay. These are these are all just. Uh, this is Liz Smith, so she's the gossip columnist. Just to let you know, this is all gossip, which we usually don't engage in. But Beverly or Al Pacino and Beverly D'Angelo, you know who she is, right? Nope. Uh, vacation. She's the mom. Chevy oh, Chase's okay. wife in that. Okay. Uh, anyway, they were cozy as could be on the New York to Washington, D.C. shuttle the other day. Pacino was being honored by the National Italian American Foundation. An observer told us she almost sat in his lap the whole way. And why not? Well, good for her. This is all ridiculous. So they're dating, I guess. Well, now, 
we know that what bothers Mr. and Mrs. JFK Jr., not the endless sordid rumors of vicious battling, divorce, rumblings. Everyone's rumored to get divorced. Mysterious, or, you know, commit matrimony. Right. Mysterious injuries. Speculation about why they don't have kids yet, but a hairdresser who treats Carolyn Bissett's tresses, that's his wife, and talks about those treatments is presented, is presented with threats from JFK's lawyer. Amazing. Okay. I don't know any of that. I'm going to have you take the today's test, though, real quick. Uh-oh. We did this once. I'm concerned. And it failed miserably. Do you know about this date in history, Carol? In 1901, President William McKinley's assassin, Leo, uh, or Leon uh, Sogalski, I can't say his name, was what? Convicted, electrocuted, freed, or hanged? Um, on this day. Hanged. He was electrocuted. Damn. So close. In 1923, what republic was proclaimed? Um, Not multiple choice. I'm just joking. The Republic of... The Banana uh, Republic. Uh, France, Greece, Monaco, or Turkey? Monaco. 1923. Uh, Turkey, honey. Damn it. Uh, in 1929, stock prices collapsed. It was what? A Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday? Um, Monday. No, they call it Black Tuesday. Damn it. Uh, in 1940, the first number in America's first peacetime military draft was drawn by Secretary of War who? Hopkins, Knox, Stimson, or Swanson? Swanson. So close. Henry L. Stimson. Mm. And in 1967, what counterculture musical opened off-Broadway? Cabaret, Equus, Grease, or Hair? Hair. That is correct. Yay. I knew I knew that one because I knew it before. (laughs) (laughs) It is always nice when you know you know. (laughs) I wasn't just guessing. I knew it before you even gave me the choices. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of knowing things, Carol, a grandmother now knows where her grandson is. Okay. Because of the internet. Yay, internet. Grandma acts as sleuth. <laughs> the internet, internet helps her find her missing grandson. Oh, that's sad. For years, genealogy has been Sherry Wilson. Why is it sad? I mean, happy, I guess. Oh, wait, miss, continue your story. For years, genealogy has been Sherry Wilson's passion using court and land records and more recently, the internet. Wilson 53 has traced her ancestry back to the 17th century. Wow. For the last five months, Wilson put her sleuthing skills to more immediate use, tracking down her grandson. Since May, the Indiana woman pieced together a paper and electronic trail that last week led to Ojibwa Elementary School in Macomb Township. Right here in Michigan, where her son was at long last reunited, or where her son, so the grandmother's son, Mm -hmm. was at long last reunited with his missing son. Everybody said, you're never going to see this kid again, Wilson said last week, but she knew better. She didn't trace her ancestry back to the founder of William and Mary College. Fuck. By believing in dead ends. Everybody leaves a paper trail, she said. Jesus Christ, she sounds fucking ruthless. Yeah. 
<laughs> her grandson's mother, Evelyn Gonzalez, 33, left a trail that led from Syracuse, Indiana to Macomb County. And on Tuesday, uh, Macomb County Sheriff's Deputy Sergeant Dennis Tomlin, armed with a court order, took Wilson's six-year-old grandson, Stephen Trout, Stephen, sorry, Stephen Trout. Oh, Stephen, that's a, that's a good name. From kindergarten class, the boy returned to Indiana with Wilson and his 33-year-old father, who had been awarded temporary custody. Wow. Yeah, so uh, don't think she's going to, the mom's going to be able to convince the judge to give her full custody now, seeing as she absconded with him. Yeah, that was not a smart idea. So I don't know what's, I don't know what the deal with the mom is, but... Yeah, but I mean, like, and who knows what she was running from? I mean, like, maybe the dad's a fucking monster. Maybe the dad. Yeah, who knows? But, I mean, the judge did give him temporary custody, and the court's never wrong. (laughs) Right. Maybe the mom, though, is an invalid, and that's why she was running. Oh, maybe. Which leads us perfectly into a conversation, Carol, about the movie we saw. Uh, I believe it's pronounced uh, Gadaka. Oh, Jesus. Gadaka, and you know it. You know it. It's not Gataka? No. Okay. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) so we saw Gadaka, which is essentially NASA, we come to find out. I mean, I I wouldn't say that. Okay. I mean, I guess. They want the best of the best, people with the right stuff. They're going on missions in fucking rockets. Was it to... in Texas? <laughs> it can't be NASA if it's not in Texas. Correct. What? What? <laughs> you know, they do launches from Florida too, Cape Canaveral. They do? Yes. Aw. <laughs> I didn't know that. What the fuck? <laughs> NASA stands for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, not the fucking Texas, and that's TASA, you're thinking ha, ha, of. Hardy har har. This is a cool movie. Yeah, it's an it's, it, interesting film. This Very, is, like, fascinating. This is a sci-fi noir. So it's like a film noir, almost like a detective story, but it's got a sci-fi coat of paint on it it's weird because you you know what the answer to the mystery is the whole time but you're watching them figure it out yeah essentially yes and we're 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 watching it from the criminal's point of view essentially yeah because ethan hawk was for forged by you know just some some uh serious deep boning oh jeez no, they lo- a love child or whatever they called it. I don't, I don't remember what they said. A chi- I don't know. A, a god, god made or something. Or? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the way that you know we all make children now, right? But we're in a new era where, for some reason, everyone speaks. Well, not everyone, but announcements are made in Esperanto. So I guess that's going to be the. Uh, the official language of the United States soon. Uh, what are you talking about? Esperanto? What? 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 Esperanto. Didn't you notice that uh, that the announcements were in Esperanto? 
No. Oh, what is Esperanto? Esperanto is an invented language that was invented, I, I want to say, in the late 60s or early 70s, maybe. It's a mix of English, Spanish, and I think there's one other thing in there, like Latin or something like that. Weird. No, I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, people don't actually speak it, but... um, But, well, some people do. Uh, but they teach classes in it and stuff like that, too, in college. You can take Esperanto. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it, 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 like I said, an invented language that was meant to be a universal language. Interesting. Yeah. But I noticed that. I don't know a lot of Esperanto. Or I, just, I know a few words, but I don't know a lot of Esperanto or anything. But I noticed that those um, those announcements were in Esperanto. Okay. But yeah, this movie takes place in the future. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where you would think, like... The movie is based on, you know, like a, a, a Philip Dick book or something like that, right? Like a lot of these science fiction movies that get right. are, but it's not. It's a it's a wholly made up thing, you know, like a brand new thing that was written by the director uh, Andrew Nichol. Oh, okay, the the writer directed the movie too. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, he's from New Zealand. I know I know that about him. And I think this is his first movie. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I think this movie it it was interesting, like on a scientific kind of level, like just you know the fact that they're using DNA and genetics and the way they are. But they had really good like characters and story and like a fleshed out kind of universe i just i really enjoyed all of it so there are things i liked about it there's a few things i didn't like about it okay so i guess i'll start with the uh, the stuff i didn't like about it kind of like you said it is it's a very fleshed out universe part of the reason that it's so fleshed out is because the structure of the movie is a little weird we get the beginning of the film where that we we see this guy at Gattaca. He's about to, it's Ethan Hawke, and he's about to go on a trip. And then, after we get this, you know, maybe, I don't know, 10 to 15 minute opening, we go through a long section of the movie that's narrated by Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And it's a lot of narration. Hmm. I understand that... They want to do it because otherwise they'd need to make a T it need to be a TV show or, or an eight hour long movie <laughs> to build, to do all the world building they need to do right. to get us familiar with it. The easiest shortcut is to just tell us, right. and, but it's not the most cinematic thing in, in the world. Now they do blend it decently with the story and it fits kind of the noir structure and, and and sensibility from and I, I more than just like the the cinematography everything's dark you know it's all not too dark you're looking you're looking alarmed <laughs> but it's all you know it every, like everything is there's there's a lot of darkness there except for the the parts where there's there's light and everything it's all very low light everything's kind of shaded and that's very typical of noir okay. uh, film. 
And also the just the story structure and the way it's presented and the story. It's all it's all very very evocative of like nineteen thirties, forties noir films. So the narration, the extensive narration throughout the middle part of the film, that's a a trope from noir films. Okay. Where the detective would be like, uh, you know, uh, the the night was hot like a you know, like a fire that, that burns out of whatever, you know. Yeah. You know how they are. I got you. Um, so it makes sense, right? But I don't know. It was a little jarring, so much narration. Didn't bother me. It, it turned me off a little bit, but a- as we got more into the movie, I, I became more accustomed to it. But yeah, the, essentially... They're doing eugenics. Mm-hmm. His parents have him just, I think he's an accident. Oh, I mean, maybe, I guess. I mean, they did it in the backseat of a car. Were they even married? I don't know. Probably maybe not. they weren't married. That's the thing. Like, I think the whole thing was an accident. Yeah. And then, so he was born and they took some blood from him. And they can tell, apparently, right away what's going to happen to them. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, they're like, well, not necessarily what's going to happen, but what could potentially happen. It was given in percentages. Like, right. like the, one of the things they said I thought was like bipolar or something, or like depressive or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he had a 80% chance of that. I don't think he had that. And that's a no, pretty high chance. I don't he, think he, he did He seemed either. pretty sane. Well, I so, yeah. They they said that they also said a ninety nine percent chance of heart disease. Yeah, and that he'd live to thirty years old. Thirty point two years. And he's he was he's by the time the movie starts, he's already well beyond that. Right. Well, not well beyond it, but he's in his mid thirties or whatever. Is he? I didn't think he was like that far past it. He but. said he was ten thousand heartbeats over what he was supposed to have. Okay. I don't know how many heart. Heart, times your heartbeats in a year. Or I whatever. mean, your heart beats a hundred times in a minute, or at least mine does. Mine does. Yeah, mine, on mine beats probably about fifty times in a minute. <laughs> so maybe there's a happy medium there that's like normal, but yeah, like around seventy, I think, is normal. So to say, how many did he say? Ten thousand. Yeah, I don't think it's that far. Well, anyway, he's he's over thirty. Okay, I'll give you that. Though to me. The thesis of the movie, if we want to get into that right right now, to me, the thesis of the movie is that no one can tell you what you're going to be or what you're going to do. Yeah, and and like your potential isn't, yeah, known. I the, mean that there are no limitations. Even I mean, not none, but your genetics could say you're predisposed to whatever, but that doesn't mean you're going to be whatever. Right. Like, and it's it's interesting. The Jude Law's character is, and I, I don't, I don't remember seeing this guy in any movies before. Ethan Hawke, we know from uh, that Reality Bites movie, yeah, and Uma Thurman, we know of course from Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. She's in this too. But this Jude Law character, he's English. I, th- I think maybe he's been in some English films, but I don't. It's first time, I, it's the first movie I've seen of him. In, yeah, I'm I not aware of him. But he, it's so funny because his character is considered, he was eugenic, eugenically yeah. made. And he was gene coded. 
But but he smokes mm-hmm. and he's an alcoholic. Oh yeah, which is weird because it's like there's no propensity for that in his genetics. But so is he choosing that then? But that's what I'm saying. Like I think the thesis of this is you are what you want to be. Yeah, your genes don't dictate what you are as much as what you want which is fine for you know the movie and the movie does a good job illustrating that point but i don't know that that's necessarily true in life well it's not 100 percent true you know everyone has you know like you you look at like bodybuilders and stuff like that they have they have genetics that are that are different than most people they they've won the genetic lottery as far as how much muscle they can put on their body and how little fat they can hold on their body that's you know that not everyone can do that right and there are other things like that too. Uh, intelligence is is genetic mm-hmm. in in a large degree. There's there are things you can do to increase your intelligence, but everybody has a limitation. But it seems weird. Like they they mentioned literally like taking genes out. You know, like mm-hmm. when they were making because this this couple, you know, they had him by accident, whatever. Um, but then they had his brother, and they they use the eugenics and they literally took genes out of him and yeah. it's like if if they removed the gene that would make you an alcoholic or make you nuts then right. why would you still be those things that doesn't really make sense because your genes are only part of the story that's the that's the whole thing it's it's the nature versus nurture thing yeah. you can be predisposed to so we can use health again if you want to uh, you could be predisposed to be a thin person, but if you but you could always choose to overeat. Sure, you could get addicted to food and then become overweight, even though you, you know your genes. It's hard for you. You're overcoming the goodness of your genes to do it. Kind of. Uh, it's the same thing with like alcoholism. You could be predisposed to alcoholism. You, I have a lot of alcoholism in my family, mm-hmm. but I'm not an alcoholic. I didn't get that that gene, you know, which is good, uh, or whatever. Or maybe you didn't. You just choose not to. Uh, exactly. Maybe I overcome it. Yeah. Maybe I don't allow myself to indulge in it. So I, the movie's saying a lot about that. You know, we sometimes we put limits on ourselves based on our background and things like that, and we shouldn't because we can be. Better than the sum of our parts, right? Which is, to me, that's the thesis of the of the film, and it goes the other way too. You can be less than the sum of your parts, like Jude Law's character was. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so I like, like I said, I like the cinematography. The editing was tight, really good. Uh, there's on all the technical aspects. I think it uh, it works very well. Um, and yeah, the, the world is an interesting world. So like, kind of like we've been talking about people can design their kids. Basically. Yeah. I'm like, you can even choose their eye color and stuff. Their sex, their eye color, their hair color, everything. Crazy. They can remove things that make them obese, you know, all this, all this other stuff. And so like all the people in this world are all thin and pretty. Well, yeah, except for the, you know, underclass, the new uh mi- minority group. Yeah, which, which they call the invalid. These are people that are born just by good old-fashioned boning. Yep. 
And I mean, it seems like every child pretty much at some point is just being created in a jar. Like, yeah. What, how do they prevent that? How do they prevent people from having children the normal way? I don't think they want to prevent pe- people from having children the normal way. They just make sure that those that those people that are created don't get any good jobs. Yeah. They're fucking, you know, they're, they're janitors. They're whatever. They're the... It's like that movie Metropolis with the, or no, I'm sorry, the Time Machine with uh, Metropolis also has this too, but with the the Eloy and the Morlocks, right? Like the Eloy are the the ones that live in the shining city and they live in a utopia, and the Morlocks toil below the surface to run everything that makes their life good. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very sad. Like, I don't like the way they have that set up at all. And like, I mean, it's horribly discriminatory. Yeah, well, I mean, he said, like, no matter how smart he is, no matter how good he does, he has to have the DNA to back it up, and that's mm-hmm. that's bullshit. Well, I agree. It's 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 the opposite of a meritocracy. It's literally, it's, and I think the movie's also trying to make a point about classism and mm-hmm. racism within our society, because these people are literally being judged for their genes like black people were judged or in some cases still are judged by the gene that they have that makes their skin dark. Cause that's literally all it is. Did you notice that there's almost no black people in this movie? Yeah. Cause people probably just chose to not have dark skin because they it want, causes us. They want to have lighter babies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's accurate. to what would probably happen? It's, yeah, it's, there's a lot in this film, but they're, they're leading, they're creating a mission to Titan. Now he goes through, they said, I think over a million keystrokes to navigate this ship and he doesn't like it. They're all correct and he's perfect and orderly Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to leave any trace of himself around. Yeah. They're constant and they're constantly test. That's the other thing too is you have to be, so that's this is why it's kind of like NASA, because they're doing space missions, and you have to be the best of the best, physically and mentally, to be here. And they're constantly doing tests of their DNA. They're doing physical tests where they have to run on a treadmill and shit. Yeah. So what this dude has always wanted to be, Ethan Hawke's character has always wanted to be in a spaceship. He's always wanted to leave Earth. So he has to find somebody... The dude from Wings, Tony Shalhoub, uh, hooks him up with, and that he was in that uh, Men in Black movie, mm-hmm. his head shot off. He he hooks him up with Jude Law, who is a down on his luck, you know, eugenic champion or whatever. He got the silver medal in swimming, but yeah. he's crippled because, as we later find out, he tried to commit suicide by walking in front of a car, but it just crippled him. That's so awful. And, like, I wonder, did he try to commit suicide because he got the silver instead of the gold? Because he acts like getting the silver medal, he's not proud of it. No, and that's that's the other thing, too, is that they he points out, he's like, I shouldn't, I don't get silver. I should have gotten the gold because I was bred specifically for this. It's a lot of pressure yeah. when you are... You know, all the genes are put into place where it's like you either succeed 
or you're a fucking loser because you have all the advantages to succeed. So if you fail, it's all on you. You don't, you have nothing else to blame, but at the same time, yeah, he was bred to be an Olympic swimmer or whatever. Right. But so were the other people in the Olympics. Right. You know, like they just had slightly better. Apparently. Jeans or maybe as shown by uh, the, what the hell's the main character's name now? Um, Vincent. Yeah. As shown by Vincent, maybe just more drive. Maybe they just wanted it more. And that's the thing is, that's another part of the the thesis statement is the gene that they can't account for is the human will, the Mm -hmm. human spirit. Right. And he exemplifies that to a T and Jude Law's character fails at it miserably. Uh, so I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a big part of it, but so he, he becomes him. They basically gives him all the DNA that he needs. They live together. And so he's got his urine and all this stuff. (laughs) He's, there's a dude that's, (laughs) that's his job is to take samples from them every day, I guess, or whatever. And he comments on how wonderful his fucking dick is. It's so weird. It's a really weird like, scene. That's a really nice piece of equipment you got there. Something but like it that. seems like a thing that Ethan Hawke had them write into the script <laughs> to me. So I've got a good dick. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. It is really weird. But so, yeah, they... Like I said, they're constantly testing, which is so, it's so weird. It's like a big brother-like 1984, yeah. everything, very tightly controlled world. Yes. But the the plot kicks off when the mission leader is killed. With a keyboard. Beaten so badly in the fucking face. Again, with a fucking keyboard. That he's dead, and he's like a mush. It's so weird. Horribly violent. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you think about how much power they had to put into that to use something so light mm-hmm. to do that much damage. So, uh, detectives get called in to investigate the case, and they find an eyelash. One of Ethan Hawke's eyelashes came out. He tries his best to, you know, keep all his DNA... To himself. But, you know, you can only control so much. It's the opposite of a porn star. He tries to keep all his DNA to himself. Right. But, so they find out that there's an invalid, that's what they call him, or a degenerate. There was a lot of, there was a lot of puns yeah. based on genes and stuff like that. Uh, so anyway, uh, they find they find out that there's somebody there. That's not, shouldn't be there. Right. So they start to investigate. In the meantime, we get some more backstory on uh, his parents and him and his brother, Ethan Hawke and his brother, and how he always competed with his brother. His brother was bred to be better than him. Right. And they used to have this thing where they'd swim out, a chicken, they called it. They swim out, and then when they... You know, whoever, like, begged off first and swam back to the shore lost. That's and he always lost. So dangerous and stupid. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. as dangerous as fucking playing chicken in a car. Yeah, for sure. Ugh. Yeah, undertow will get you for sure. Yeah. I felt the undertow one time. It's so weird. I swam out into the ocean, and I, I just, I wanted to swim out far. I don't know why. Like, I was a teenager or whatever. Mm. And 
I got to this point where, because I like I'd heard the the undertow and everything, but I didn't like didn't really think about it or anything, didn't really contemplate it. But I got out to the point where I was like, "Well, hey, I'm pretty far out there. I better swim back." And when I started to swim back, it really felt like a watery hand grabbing my leg and pulling me down. That's so scary. Because like I started to swim back, and it was a pull, and it pulled me under the water, and I had to fight to to get back to the surface, and then. Luckily, I was not so far out. Like, I swam really hard, and I, you know, got far, like, I broke free of it and got far enough in to where that undertow wasn't there anymore, and then I just swam back to the shore. If you're ever in that situation, people out there, don't, I swam straight back, which you're not supposed to do, it turns out, but I was a strong enough swimmer, and I was just on the edge of where the undertow was, so I was, like, it didn't take me very long of swimming to break free of him. You're supposed to swim parallel to the shore. Hmm. Kind of like uh, like at, at just a slight angle to where you're you're swimming parallel and you're going just a little bit closer each time as you're swimming parallel. Uh, because if you try to, to fight it, if you're far enough out and you try to fight it, you won't be able to break free of it and you'll tire yourself out so much that you'll never break free of it and you'll just drown. But if you swim parallel, it's pulling on you, but you're not fighting against it so much that you can just kind of inch your way back. If you're swimming parallel at just a bit of an angle, then you can get closer to the shore. So if you're out in the middle of the ocean, Mm -hmm. there's just a force that pulls you under the water? Well, if you're out in the middle of the ocean, then uh, no, I don't think so. That's different being out in the middle of the ocean because what what the undertow is is the tide. Okay. So you, you, what the undertow does is it pulls the water from the shore out to the middle of the ocean. So once you get it, if you're just like if you were on a cruise ship or something like that and you jumped overboard and you were out in the middle of the ocean, I don't I don't know because I've never been in that situation, but I don't think there's anything pulling you down. Okay. There might be, but I don't think so. I think at that point it's just like you'd have to swim so long that no one could swim that long. Well, yeah, And there's sure. sharks and shit in that water. So. Ocean's a scary place. Oh, yeah. But speaking of a scary place, the world of Gattaca. Right. <laughs> uh, so they swim out, and he, Ethan Hawke always loses, except for one day. One day he swims out, and they're sort of swimming together, and finally his brother's name's Anton, and his dad's name was Anton. And he was going to name... Him, Anton. But, but because because they did the testing and they're like, oh, you know, this kid's a fucking dud, essentially, because you had him the natural way. They were like, no, Vincent. Call him Vincent. Vincent Anton is fine. And that's a good name. Mm-hmm. And then when they bred the other son, they named him Anton. That's after the messed father. up to have your brother have your name as, you know, like to have yeah. your male name as their name. Like, yeah, because it's, it's the dad's name and yeah, yeah. it's fucked. The whole thing's fucked yeah. up. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Anton like almost drowns and Vincent grabs him and pulls him. And as the narration explains, he's like, it was the one day that, you know, I like he learned that I wasn't as weak as I seemed and he wasn't as strong as he seemed. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the last we see of them. 
And then we get into this plot where somebody's murdered this guy, they find an invalid, and they're looking around for for them. Meantime, he's falling in love with Uma Thurman. Yeah, it's that's a weird situation. Like, there has to be a lot of relationship established, I think, prior to the movie. Yeah, well, they they work together and they know each other. Yeah, but I mean, it just it seems like what it didn't seem like there was enough there to make a relationship, but there was one anyway, you know. And it was like she was immediately accepting of him. It's a bit of a weak spot in the movie, in my mind. Yeah, not terribly, but it's a bit of a weak spot, and her character is a little underwritten. I think Uma Thurman does more with it than is on the page. But basically all we get from her character is that she was bred like like most of the other people in this world, but she comes with an unacceptable risk of heart disease. We don't know what that is, what percentage that is. Heart but, failure, yeah. But whatever they did eugenics-wise, I guess it's not always perfect. Right. And she was born with an unacceptable risk of heart failure, meaning she'll never... She can work at Gattaca, which she does, and she can, you know, do calculations or whatever the fuck these people do. But she's always going to be a ground control person. Mm -hmm. She's never going to go up in a ship. And that's... She's upset about that. So that's the one bit of character development that we get about her is that she ha- she's carrying this around. I don't know. Which might explain a little bit of why she accepts him, but it is very quick. There's a little bit more to her character that I'm curious about. Yeah. Like why she was so accepting of him that she thinks he was the murderer and is still like, hey, let's fuck. It's all good. Yeah. That was weird. Yep. Yeah, she you had something to do with it, right? Like, she she fucking... Yeah, she thought so. Yeah. He's like, no, I didn't kill him. Because they think that they... They think there's no way that one of them could ever do something like that. So crazy. And I thought it was her. Hmm. I thought maybe she was an invalid, too, or it was her. Just, like, just the way she was, it was just her... I kept questioning things because her character seemed out of place. A little bit, A little bit. Because she didn't really have a function in the story. I said, she's got to be more than just the love interest. But she was just the love interest, as it turns out. It was weird, too. Like, he was actually running from the police when they were on a date. Mm -hmm. And they go hide in an alleyway or whatever. It was like, I like this line. I liked the point of it when she's like, I, I can't do that, the running. And he's like, you just did. So, yeah. you know, I liked that or whatever. But then they start making out while well, the police are fucking looking for him, calling for him and stuff. Like, I think she just has like some kind of like kink. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe she does. I don't know. What did you think of her house? Oh, it's like, a gorgeous house. They had sex in this bed surrounded by windows that looked out onto the ocean it was so beautiful yeah like i wasn't even paying attention to the sex i was just like i want that view (laughs) no it was it was nice it was a really nice house what are you looking at me like that for i I don't know what you want me to buy that house no uh (laughs) 
I, I mean, maybe if we win the lottery, sure, let's sure. do it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, her character is out of place in the movie completely. This movie could exist 100% without her. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the small failings in the movie. She Uma Thurman makes more of it, like I said, than than there is there. So I'm glad she was in the movie, but I think she could have been given more to work with. Yeah, I can I can see that. Because it turns out the murderer is the director of the entire thing, who earlier said, hey, you can check my profile. I don't have a fucking mean bone in my body. Mm-hmm. And then Alan Arkin, the detect, one of the detectives, uh, studies it and is like, oh, yeah, there's just spit in his eye. <laughs> And because he, the guy, I guess the mission leader was threatening to scrap the project, but this project can only go once every 70 years. And this guy was so old, he knew he wouldn't live to see it again. So now he doesn't fucking care because there's nothing to stop the launch. Wow. Yeah. It's so now he's like, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll fucking killed him. I, I wrecked him so hard with this fucking keyboard. It's such a weird thing to care so much that you take somebody's life about a launch i mean that dude's a sociopath essentially right i i guess but like if he wasn't bred to be it's that's the thing too it, like that's to me it's it's saying that these people the genes don't matter as much as we think they do but i think they do <laughs> to a degree but not it's not a hundred percent of the picture yeah and i mean i agree that to, you know i think that, i think this movie says something about the soul to me for sure but anyway, so uh, Ethan Hawke is free and clear. He's gonna he's gonna get away with it, and then turns out the detective in charge of this case is his brother. Yeah, I love that reveal. It was pretty crazy because it's like he's after him, but at the same time he's also protecting him because he really thinks he did it. Right, and he he's like, um. What did he, he like hit evidence, didn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then when he finds out he didn't do it, he's like, uh, hey, you know, you're fucking in trouble here. You can't be doing this shit. Because mm-hmm. you're just a normie or whatever, you know. And he's like, I can do this. Let's chicken one more time. It's ridiculous. It is. It's so juvenile and stupid. Like, he's lucky that he gets the chance still to go in the ship and didn't just die out there. Right. But, but, it, but it works. Yeah, I mean, he does, you know, save his brother again. And he says, you want to know how I did it? Because he asked him, like, how'd you do it or whatever. He said, I never saved anything for the swim back. Because he thought he was going to die when he was 30, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's how he did it. He, yeah. he did it by not holding back at all. Makes sense. By having more spirits. <laughs> that's, that's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. So at the very end, we get one last twist where... They have to do one more test, and he didn't bring anything. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why he doesn't, you know, just in case. Yeah, you'd think he'd just come prepared. Although he's about to get on a ship. Maybe he didn't want to have, you know, a bag of urine, like, chilling with him on a spaceship. That's I don't know. true. But uh, I don't know why they're not going to have any testing on the ship. He's going to be on a ship for a year. They do all this testing all the time, and then they're nothing. Yeah, I guess once they're on the ship, it doesn't matter, right? I guess. But anyway, it turns out the fucking... Dude that does the testing all the time. He tells, like, he earlier, they foreshadowed this nice. He's like, hey, I should tell you about my son one time. Before he goes on the, the ship, he's like, yeah, 
my son was, you know, bred or whatever, like everybody else, but you know, his, like it didn't, not everything worked correctly or whatever, for whatever reason, he has limitations too. And he doesn't think that they'd ever accept him because of his limitations. He's like, but, uh, but who knows, you know, like you're a hero of his or whatever. And he reveals that he knows mm-hmm. that he's been an invalid this entire time. Cause he's left, cause he's left-handed. Ethan Hawke's left-handed. Jude Law's character's right-handed. And he goes, just a tip. Uh, righties don't hold it with their left. <laughs> it's just one of those things, which is true. Yeah. Uh, and so he uh, switches it to where it says he's valid and he can go on to his spaceship and go on with his mission to Titan, the uh, a moon of Jupiter. But then, you know, they do this shot of the launch happening. And it exploding. And exploding. no. And at the same time, Jude Law's character yes. climbs into the fucking incinerator where Ethan Hawke's been, like, getting rid of his uh, DNA. Just horrible. And uh, turns on. He just kills himself. So, yeah, well, one thing's taken off. The other dude's, like, done. He he said he saved enough of his, you know, DNA for him for, like, two lifetimes. He has, like, all this pee and <laughs> blood, blood and everything. And shit, hair. It's all in the yeah. freezer and stuff. It's so crazy. For when he comes back. Yeah. And he says, he says, and this is, a, I think, a really beautiful line before he leaves when they're they're talking to each other. And uh, he, Ethan Hawke thanks Jude Law's character and everything. And he says, um, he says, I just lent you my body. You lent me your dream. You know, like. That was really good. And that was, it was a really poignant uh, thing. But yeah, and then he kills himself, and it's there's a lot of it's a sad movie, yeah, in a lot of ways, but also hopeful in some other ways too. Yeah, well, I mean, it, the, the overall message I think is a positive one, yeah, about you know the human spirit and everything. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like things that are happening to the characters are really sad. But I I enjoyed it quite a bit, despite a few minor things. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, I really really liked it. I want to watch it again. <laughs> I really do. Like, I feel like there's a lot to be. Oh, yeah. We could. I'm sure we could deconstruct this a lot better if we watch this a few more times. Right. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we'll catch it at the dollar show. Maybe. Or, you know, Blockbuster. Yeah. Well, in like a year. But, uh, but yeah, that's the the episode for this week. Carol, why don't you inform people uh, what they can do with their human spirit? So you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yes. And share the tapes with your friends. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.